compassion of the wicked. There is no fear of God before his eyes, for he flatters himself in his own eyes. When he finds out his iniquity and when he hates the word of his mouth, their wickedness and deceit. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. He devises wickedness in his head. He sets himself in a way that is not good, and he does evil. Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. O Lord, your mercy is forever. Your judgments are a great and deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. For with you there is a fountain of life, and you are the light that we see. Oh, continue your loving kindness to those who know you, and your righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the wicked drive me away. There are workers of iniquity who have fallen, and they have been cast down. They are not able to rise.
Oh 
us, Father, that when you say go, we go, Lord. I thank you that you are coming back again, that you are not finished yet, Lord. That you are not a broken man on the cross, but you are risen, hallelujah. You are worthy of our praise. We adore you, Father. I pray that you would continue to do a work in each and every one of us, Father. You are worthy. We love you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we are glad to have you guys here tonight. If you're able, please go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening. Everybody. Welcome, live streamers. By the way, if you're watching us on live stream, go ahead and, and say hey on there if you have a prayer request. We'd love to pray for us. Go ahead and put it on there. I always often forget to say that, but uh, if you weren't able to make it tonight, we're glad for live stream. So it's good to have you. Amen. We're take up tithe and offering. I hope y'all. I hope y'all are excited whenever we have an opportunity to give, right? Why? Because the Bible says to give with a what kind of heart? Cheerful heart. Cheerful heart. You should never give begrudgingly. I don't know. It's, it, when, I, when I think of the word begrudging, I think of somebody who's just in a bad mood all the time. You know what I'm saying? It's just always like everything you have to do is like, eh, eh, grumpy, you know. You don't, you don't want to give with a grumpy heart. You give with a cheerful heart. Amen. Amen. All right. So I'm just going to pray over that. If you, I'll give you a second to keep prepping it, and uh, I'm going to put Mike on the spot if he'll come pray over it. Come on, Mike. Everybody say, hi, Mike. Come on, Mike. You know, I was thinking about, I was thinking, maybe I should have somebody pray, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw Mike walking up there. I thought, well, this is Jesus wanting Mike to pray. He already came down before I asked. So anyways, <laughs> come, come on over, Mike. How I many of y'all appreciate Mike? He's a good guy, isn't he? So we appreciate Mike. If you bless the offering, we'd appreciate that. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Good job. Bring it on down if you have it tonight. And some quick announcements. Uh, don't forget, water baptism on July the 25th. And we're just honoring the word and what Jesus has asked us to do. So if you've never been water baptized, sign at the back table. And we will honor the word and in a public witness of the confession of faith on July 25th, right after church. Um, with that, then, don't forget, building dedication on July the 18th, and we're looking forward to that at 6 p.m., so we have a normal 10 a.m. on that Sunday. Then that night we'll come together and celebrate. How many of y'all have been enjoying the blessing of this building since we've been here? I, I hope you have. It's been a great, great thing. And by the way, we're, we're just about ready to, to bust in and, and start renovating the basement for our kids. So that's exciting. We're, we're talking to people and, and we're prepping that work. Not as much prep work in the basement as it was up here, but there's still some things to do. And uh, so we're getting ready to do that. So drywall, new carpet. Then once all that's in, we'll, we'll decorate it in a really cool theme for the kids. And that's what's coming for that. So that will be starting pretty soon. Um, if you sign up for Top Golf Outing, 
we'll, we'll hope to throw a date and a time out to you this Sunday that hopefully works for everybody. So I'm going to communicate with Mike and Josh via something and, and pick something. So this Sunday we'll throw out a date for that and hopefully get that moving. Um, here, here are two brand new announcements. Are you ready? Drum roll. Okay, all right, so. Anyways, um, the, the campuses of Only Believe have been uh, doing something called Seek and Find. And uh, actually, the, the Botkins campus did it for a whole entire month. But we're going to jump in and do it uh, next month and also uh, Kenton campuses. So this is, this is just kind of as your heart wants to. So Sunday night, the 8th, right, of August, then Monday night, the 9th of August, and Tuesday night, the 10th of August. Okay, just three days. We'll do it again in the future. Um, we're going to open the church from 6 to 7.30 with some live worship mixed in, but it's a, it's a time of, of prayer. That if you just want to seek God and spend time in his presence and come settle in and, and, and uh, be still before him and just be here, three nights in a row, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, just come together. There's going to be no official preaching, right? It's just coming together with worship and prayer and being in the presence of God for three days, okay? So that's just three nights for an hour and a half, and, and uh, I actually kind of jumped the cart in front of the horse. The parts of the worship team didn't know we're doing this, but there's going to be some live worship those three nights, and uh, so we'll be talking to you guys about that practice on Monday. But anyway, so uh, uh, that's what's happening, and it's just a time of seeking God with the intent of finding. Amen. 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 All right, so uh, then, then this was on the schedule. So then that Wednesday, the 11th, so 8th, 9th, 10th, seek and find. Then the 11th, when church is over, we're having an ice cream social. We're, we're, so um, that's Wednesday night. So when church is over at 8, we'll have ice cream, tons of toppings and whatnot. It's just a fun night of celebration. So anyhow, that's happening in August. So we'll tell you more about that. But those things are coming up. Amen. So if you got your Bible, you may get it out. And... Um, uh, James uh, chapter number one, verse number six. But let me just say, as I was just thinking about this during worship, um, the Bible says that our battle is not against flesh and blood. But you have to remember sometimes you're in a fight. Let me know what I'm talking about. Now, I was watching a movie the other day. I did not draw my theology from movies, but it made a point. All right? And the movie I was watching happened to be one of the Captain America movies, all right? So don't, 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 don't hate me, don't at me, but whatever. Um, and I hadn't seen it. It was the Captain America Winter Soldier. I'm not endorsing the movie. It was on TV. I hadn't seen it in a long time. It was on. I was relaxing, so I watched it. But there's a particular scene that I consider the best scene in a movie, and Captain America gets on an elevator, and then as different guys keep filtering on the elevator, and he realizes they're there to get him. And in a very cool Captain America way, he says something to the effect, uh, before we start, before we get started, is there anybody who would like to get out? Because about what's going to happen, you know what I'm saying? So I say, I woke up thinking about that this morning, that, that don't forget that we are in a battle. Yes. And sometimes you've got to rise up in your heart and say, before we get started, is there anybody who would like to get out? You know, and, and not, you, you know, so you're not fighting people. Right. Your battle's not against those around us, even if we think those around us are the problem. But sometimes we got to take an attitude to our spiritual warfare, knowing that, that God is with me, and I'm going to fight this. And we're talking about in that song, moving on from your past. You know, sometimes you got to take that to the battle. You have the desire to leave your past, by the way. That's broken. But sometimes you've got to partner with him and fight to get there and get out of there and keep moving on and walk into the life that he has for you. So, so just a reminder, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but we must battle. And we do it with prayer. We do it with the word. We do it with perseverance being grown in us. And we, just, we keep digging in. You know, you've got to keep digging in. And, and you got, don't, don't allow yourself to be pushed around by the enemy. I mean, you, don't, you know why? Because is he defeated? 
right? Who, whose authority backs you? Then, then let's go. Let's fight. And when you feel like you can, you feel like you're starting to back. You, you've got to rise up. That's what I was thinking this morning. You've got to rise up. And I'm not saying you have a bad attitude, but sometimes you've got to have an attitude. Because David didn't walk on the field with Goliath being all scared and worried. I'm not saying he had an attitude, but he had confidence. How dare you slander against the most high God? Well, let me just show you the business of those who live in his authority. You've got to have that attitude sometimes. Amen? Amen? All right, anyway. So dealing with struggle, that's where we're at in, in our series on Wednesdays. We've got two or three more weeks of this. Uh, but tonight I want to talk to you about dealing with doubt. Okay, so I understand that times that you hear people say, I never doubt. Now, I understand there's people that feel that way, but how many of you honestly have ever struggled with times of doubt? Anybody? Okay, I think everybody at times does. And I think some people uh, struggle with doubt or they struggle with the fact that they have doubted. So I want to I talk to you about that tonight. So this kind of falls right in with our Sunday series. We started last week or this past Sunday series on faith, and, and so it kind of falls in with that series. Uh, as we were talking about Sunday, great faith is what? Simply believing Jesus at his word. If, if Jesus said it, if the word says it, we can have faith in that. And faith is active belief. It's not, not, listen, it's, faith is not just belief. Faith is active belief. Well, I believe in God. That's great. But are you actively believing in God in such a way that your life is doing something? We'll talk about it a little bit this Sunday when it comes to faith. Faith also uh, brings the connotation of trust. So I believe in God. I actively believe in him, and I trust him, and I will follow him. And, and that's what faith ultimately ends up being about. But sometimes people doubt. And, and you hear a lot of different things about what the opposite of faith is, but certainly we know that, that there is a way that doubt is, in ways, the opposite of faith. So there is, there is a doubt that is absolutely the absolute opposite of faith. It simply says, I do not believe there's God. I doubt the whole entire thing. You know what I'm saying? So there is that kind of doubt. Now, I don't think there's anybody in this room here at church. I don't think there's anybody here that way. Right? Everybody here, how many of y'all believe in God? Okay, so there's nobody here that is in that place of doubt. I just don't believe at all. I don't believe the Bible. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in any of this stuff. It's just a bunch of hooey-fooey. Right? We believe, but even in our belief and our faith, there are times that we face doubt. And, and sometimes that doubt can simply be, uh, we feel like kind of a hesitation towards uh, the word or, or what we believe God may have been up to or things that we prayed. How many of y'all prayed something and sort of then doubted a little bit what you prayed? You had it, okay. We fall into this stuff sometimes. Now, when those things are left alone, they can grow into trouble. Okay? So there are times when we have moments in life where we hesitate or we have a doubt or, or something in, in our, our mind. And, and, and where does doubt always come from? Because your brain likes to think. And your brain likes to be what? Logical, reasonable, and all those different kinds of things. So we find moments of hesitation and doubt that, that happen up here. Those moments, listen, I'll just say this, those moments aren't sin. Now, this whole series about dealing with doubt or, or struggle, we've been trying to, to maybe remove some burden of some things where people feel they've been in sin because of certain things, and it's not in sin. Having a moment of doubt is not sin, okay? The reason is because, listen, God is not petty. Did you know that? God's particular, but God is not petty. So, in other words, kind of like this. You've been in the striving of faith about something, right? Have you ever been there? And in the season of striving and active belief, you're trusting, all of a sudden you, you come into a moment or a few moments of doubt and hesitation, right? 
It's not as if God was working towards and he's eating, and all of a sudden you had that moment, and you go, oh, I'm just going to take it all back. Sorry, you, you, had, you just had that one thought, oh, see, you messed it up. God's not petty like that. And thank goodness, because we would never get anywhere. So those moments aren't sin, but you can't leave them fester and grow because they turn into a way that we cannot be as believers. So uh, James chapter 1 and verse number 6. I'm just going to read this up on the screen. But let, let him who asks in faith, uh, faith, act of belief and trust. Ask because you have trust and you believe with no doubting. In other words, doubt that overtakes your faith. Okay? For the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So when you live in doubt versus faith, you become unstable. That is a, a... a way of looking at things where you just begin to doubt and, and your doubt overtakes your faith and you're doubting much more than you're believing. You don't want to be there. You can have moments of hesitation and doubt, but don't stay there. God's not petty. But if you turn into a way of thinking about it perpetually, then you cannot receive because it is in doubt. Am I making sense what I'm saying? So doubt is a place that you do not want to live in. See, little faith in the Bible, and we talked about this a little bit Sunday. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14. Let's just read something. Matthew chapter 14. We're going to look at an instance of little, little faith. Matthew 14 and verse 22. So this is a famous story of the Bible. Matthew 14, 22 says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And the fourth uh, watch of the night came, walking, and he came to them walking on the sea. It's an incredible miracle. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter, it's always Peter, right? And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he, Peter, saw the wind, he was afraid. And he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out uh, his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind seized, and, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Amen. So you have Jesus himself walking on the water doing something miraculous, and Peter rose up in some sort of boldness. You ever feel that? You know what I'm saying? You just, you, just, and, oh, you rise up. And, and Peter asks, and, and Jesus bid him to come on the water, and, and Peter gets out in the water. And he's, Peter is walking on the water, but all of a sudden he gets distracted from Jesus. The surroundings distracted him, and he began to sink. Jesus, as he is, grabs him, saves him, gets in the boat. And he said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Now, we brought this up on Sunday the passage we read about the, the boy being healed, the demons, and, and Jesus uh, corrected the disciples and, and said they had little faith. But then he goes right in this thing, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. That always perplexed me. What's the difference between little faith and faith the size of a mustard seed? And mustard seed is very small. That would be little faith. That made no sense to me. It, it's something that I thought about quite a bit. Really little faith is when you become distracted from Jesus and what he has said, and doubt starts to creep in. That's little faith. Faith the size of the mustard seeds that's undeterred can move a mountain. See? But little faith that's distracted from God and his word, doubt starts to get in there. And when doubt starts to get in there, it's little faith. You see what I mean? 
So we as believers have to come to a place where we know we're going to go through times that if you're walking on the water, you're living a life of faith like you're on the water. And it's easy to get distracted by everything that's happening around you. That's to the point is you start thinking, how in the world am I doing this? I should not be doing this. This makes no sense. This is not logical. This is not reasonable. This, this, I mean, all that stuff. And you're so distracted by what's around you, you start to sink and doubt starts to creep in. Right? Got to keep focused on Jesus. And keep focused on his word. Because if you're focused on Jesus and you're focused on the word, even if your faith is the size of a mustard seed, it's faith that works. See? And it's faith, not just that it works, but it will move a mountain. I've climbed some mountains. And you see the analogy of what Jesus is getting at. This is a big thing that you can say, be moved. And it will be done for you. Amen? So, so doubt is something that has the ability to creep into you because you begin to get distracted from Jesus and his word. That's important. That's why the Bible says you live by faith and not by what? Because you live by your own sight, you will get distracted from him. Because it's easy to be distracted by the mess of the world, the mess of your life, the mess of your circumstance, the mess of whatever, and lose sight of who he is. And then doubt starts to creep in, and now we fall into the category of little faith. Different times in the Bible, that, in the Gospels, that Jesus used the term of, of little faith about provision, about dealing with the issues of life like calming the storm, uh, about living the supernatural, you know, driving the demon out of that boy. There are different ways that Jesus talked to disciples about having little faith. In other words, in these moments, the disciples were distracted by something that allows some form of doubt to get in there. So then the focus, therefore, the authority that comes was not there. Amen. So big lesson. Stay focused. God doesn't make you stay focused. You have to stay focused yourself. That's why there's effort on your part, right? God doesn't do this for you, but you must be in the effort of staying focused. Now, how many of y'all know your history? How many of y'all know what the Enlightenment is? Okay, you may not know this, so I have my, my biblical degree. I also have a degree in history. I have a dual major, so I have a degree in history. I love history, read a lot of history. I read, I, I grew up near Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, big Civil War battle, early July. I went there a lot, studied a lot in the Civil War, concentration, American history. But anyways, I love history. There was a time period called the Enlightenment. And during the Enlightenment, it, it started to become this thing. This, this is the uh, uh, 1700s or so. Um, this shift to society happened that knowledge is the greatest thing. What you can understand is the greatest thing. If you can't prove it, Fooey bluey, it doesn't, doesn't, it's not real, right? So knowledge became greater than faith. You see? And if you can't prove it, it really doesn't exist. So now we see as a society, we start moving away from faith in God. And you see the seeds of these things in history to, to lead into the places that we live in today. But we got to get back to something here when it comes to doubt. And, and, this is important, so write these couple things down. Just remember, number one, that faith is a confession. It is not an explanation. Faith is a confession. I believe. But faith doesn't always explain everything because you can't prove it all. Or why would you need faith? Does that make sense? So when the Enlightenment happened in uh, late 1700s, okay, if you said faith is, is a confession but not an explanation, it doesn't explain everything, then they say, well, faith is whatever because you have to live by what you can prove, mathematics, science, whatever. And if you can't prove it, it's no good. 
We as believers have to come back from that and say knowledge is good, but it never trumps faith because in faith I can't explain everything. Faith is a confession, not an explanation. I confess, right? But I can't explain all this. You see what I'm getting at? So, so once often people fall into doubt because they can't explain it. And they can't logically work it out. And they can't reason through to the end. If you live like that, you'll live in doubt. Because I cannot explain how God does the things that he does. Amen. And if you try to, you, if you try, listen, I, I've come to the place I learned that, uh, and I've had people ask me questions and they want to argue about the existence of God. I don't even try. I do not have to defend God. He's a big boy. He will defend himself how he wants and when he wants. Let the apologists do their work. That's wonderful, but I'm not into that. I don't have to explain everything. Sometimes a simple answer is, I just live by faith because I believe. Well, prove it. I can't. Because faith is a confession of what I believe, not always an explanation of what I believe. So if you can write your mind in that area, it'll help you in times of doubt. Because God will lead you into stuff and he'll show you things and he'll take you places you can't explain, you can't leave reason out, you can't live in a logical way about it. It is only simply trusting and following. Yes. So if it's a confession, not an explanation, doubt tries to make you explain. You say, I don't have to explain. As a matter of fact, you need to learn how to doubt your doubt. You start to doubt, doubt I doubt you. Because I have faith. You see what I'm saying? Turn them on himself, right? There's another thing. Um, and, and, and certainly this, this goes on into what I just said. The second thing is faith comes into a place where you never insist on understanding everything. Amen. So faith is a confession, not an explanation. And faith says you, you don't insist on understanding everything. And if you can live in faith like that, it helps eliminate some of those doubts that come in. Well, I don't understand. Here comes a doubt. No, 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 no. You don't have to understand. Did God say? Yes. If he said, then you can have faith. And if he said, then you stand in that. And if he said, you don't have to explain it. And if he said, you don't have to understand it. But you live in it. Amen? So, here's some things to do when you start to have moments of hesitation and doubt. You've got to be a person who stays filled with the word. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? Okay, so initially we talked about this Sunday. The context of that is the gospel. Faith is born in you because the message of Christ, the word of God, came to you. And you, when you responded, faith was born. Because Jesus is the what? The author of faith in your life, Right? But it doesn't stop there. Faith is continually strengthened and worked in you because you stay connected to the word after your salvation. So often we find we get distracted from Jesus and we get distracted from his word because we're not staying connected to Jesus and his word. You see what I mean? So you've got to be people that are filled with the word. Because the Bible says you are to be transformed by the renewing of your what? Where does doubt originate? Because your mind just starts doing what your mind does. But how do you renew your mind? So again, it's something we've been, you know, I've been, I've been telling you this a lot. You, listen, you don't have to be a Bible scholar. Thank you, Jesus, right? You don't have to be a theologian. Nope. You don't got to read your Bible for five hours a day. Nope. But you've got to somehow, some way, stay connected in the Word. And it's got to be a part of the rhythm of your life. Because your faith is grounded in His Word. Right? So, be a person of the Word. That's one way that you deal with doubt. Here's another way. You've got to be connected in such a way that the Holy Spirit can guide you in all truth. So, isn't that what Jesus said would happen when the Holy Spirit came? 
He said, one of the works of the Holy Spirit is you will be guided in all truth by him. Well, how are you guided in truth by the Holy Spirit? Because you're a person of what? Prayer. And you're a person of what? Presence. Okay, so check this out. Um, back before, this is not for all of you then, but back before a cell phone, when somebody would call you and their, their name came up on your phone, how many of y'all had the old phone landline deal? And you pick up the phone and somebody start talking to you. You knew their voice before they told you who they were. Yep. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. How do you know the voice of the Holy Spirit? The same way that you knew that person before you knew they, who they were because of the, their, the sound of their voice is because you spent time with them enough to know their voice. Amen. The Holy Spirit is able to guide you in truth and keep reaffirming truth to you because you learn his voice. But you don't learn his voice unless you spend time in his presence. So in other words, dealing with doubt, the first two things are active things that you must do. So it's kind of like this. Something starts to roll in your mind. And, be, and before you realize it, that it's doubt or, or pushing against what a life of faith is, all of a sudden, you just realize that is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. That is something else. That's my own brain, or that's the enemy, or that's something somebody said that's wrong. That's not the Holy Spirit, because I know the Holy Spirit's voice, and we cast down that stuff. Right? And in those ways, we help deal with doubt that starts to roll in. Because your mind will do that to you. Right? We must be led by the Spirit. But you've got to know His voice. So that's another way that, that we deal with doubt. Now, here, here's something that you can do. If, if I find myself in a moment where I question something, one of my automatic re re reactions is something I've taught myself to do is I begin to recount all the things that I know God has done that only he could do. I recount God's work in my life. And that regrounds me to, okay, relax. That's just... That's just your mind, that's just your thoughts, that's just, God has done this, and God has done this, and God has, how many have stories? God has, and you, you can sit there, and all of a sudden, you think about what God has done for you for about five or six minutes, that doubt has, has to head out. Because if God did it then, that means God is real, his word is true, and God will keep on doing it. So you've got to learn to recount what God has done, Right? Because sometimes in your life, when, when it seems that there, there's just something big and impossible in front of you, you just turn around and say, oh, 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 relax. I've been there, and I've been there, and I've been there, and yet I'm still here. Because remember, before David was out with Goliath, he saw the lion and he saw the bear. And because he knew he dealt with those things, well, then this is just a guy. Yeah. Is this guy any tougher than a lion? I don't know. But he had confidence because of where he's been. So you've got to learn to recount what God has done. Here's another thing. Remember doubting Thomas? What, what a way to be remembered. See, so in the disciples, you got Judas. And just above him is Doubting Thomas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Judas, he, but Doubting Thomas, you know, he just barely squeaks above Judas almost. But remember, remember his whole deal is, was, remember, I will believe when I get to touch him. You've got to constantly put yourself in positions to experience Jesus. Because you will experience him. Right? How many of you have ever had... And I'm talking, you know, we just thought about things that happened you know, that God has done. But how many of you had moments with him? You know what I'm talking about? We're, we're Pentecostal. You've had a moment with him where you just know, oh, my goodness. I just had a time with Jesus right there. How many know what I'm talking about? Now, you can't make those happen. You can't say, oh, hey, God, I'm doubting, and then, then pull a chain, and here he comes. And you have a moment. You, you, but you have to live in such a way that these are possible. And it gets back to being a person of the word, a person of presence, 
a person of worship, right? But have times where you know that you just touched Jesus. Because, again, those make those moments of doubt go away. So I look back on my life, and I can tell you of things that happened that only God could do. I also can recount a few moments where I had an experience with him. And I just know. And, you know, we believe God is always with us. And we believe every time we worship, you know, his presence is with us, right? He responds to the praise and he inhabits the praise of people. But, but you know what I'm talking about. These, 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 just something, something little more was going on. You know what I'm saying? Allow yourself the opportunities for those things. Because you'll be surprised when Jesus will show up. Amen. And just reconfirm himself once again. Yes. Amen? Amen? Now, one more thing, and, and we talked about this not long ago. Don't be scared to wrestle with God with things you don't understand. Right? When, when you do have times where, and, and now, I'm going to make a difference here. There, there are times when, in just in following in a life of faith, you just have moments of hesitation, you have moments of doubt, and again, you don't let those fester and grow. But there's also times where, where you're, you're dealing with things that you just don't get. There, there's something in the Word or whatever, right? And it's more of an ongoing, just, just working through in your life. How many know what I'm talking about? Don't be scared to wrestle with God about that stuff. It's like we were talking about dealing with struggle the very first time we talked about this. Wrestling with God about things you don't understand is okay because you're wrestling with him. You're with him. You see what I'm saying? And, and now, does that mean God will always answer your question? No. But you've had a time with him. Remember Job and the whole story of Job? Which is just, it's an incredible look at life and, and, and God's interaction in life. After all that whole thing, God never answered the deal. You know that? Never answered him. All he said was, who in the world do you think you are? That's pretty much what he said. Were you here when I made all this stuff? Were you here when I did that? Were you here when I did that? I don't think so. So just relax. He didn't answer him, but he drove to a place where he got back into a rhythm of life. So wrestle with God. May You may get an answer. He may show some direction. He may give some wisdom. Or he may just say, just relax. I got this. I'm God. Let's keep going. No matter what the outcome is, at least you're with him. He's going to help put the rest, what you're struggling with, in here. Amen? So you have to live in such a way as a person of the word, worship, prayer, experience, that right here, your belief and your faith is like concrete. Right? You're steadfast. You're, you're persevering. It's solid. So when your mind gets crazy, your heart wins out. When your mind starts to roll over and worry and and doubt, you always settle back to the state of your heart. Because the state of your heart is your being. You see what I'm saying? So, So when you have those moments, you'll be strengthened because of the word and because of worship and because of prayer. Because of past experiences that led you to where you're at. It will win out over the stuff that's rolling around your mind. All right? Amen. So, you have a moment of doubt. God's not petty. He's not going to take everything back. Oh, you just, you just had that one. Th- oh, sorry. It's, it's gone. No, he's not like that. But deal with it. Get back to the word. Pray. Spend time in prayer. Talk to somebody. Right? But don't let it fester till you get to the place that we read in James. Well, you just, be- you just became absolutely double-minded. And there's the problem. Amen? Amen. So dealing with doubt. You got to be active. Deal with it. Confront it. Like I said, start to doubt your doubt. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Lord, we, we live... By faith. 
And sometimes that means it's like we got a little blindfold on. Sometimes it means that we worship beyond our understanding. Sometimes it means we do things that make no sense to somebody who doesn't believe in you. But we commit to a life of following you. Even if that life is totally adverse to the way a lost world lives, we will live by faith, active belief, and trust. Because living that life of faith that pleases you, because we're committing ourselves to following you. Lord, I pray whether it's our own mind or or the enemy tries to get in there or maybe something somebody says and, and doubt starts to creep in, I pray we get steadfast back on what you have said. We're not distracted from you. That we take these things to prayer so the clear voice of the Holy Spirit can guide us in truth. And I pray as much as we seek you, we know you're going to respond. And I pray that we are people who experience you. We just don't know about you, but we experience you. And we'll keep on in this life of faith through the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs. And times we fall down and bloody our knees, we get back up, wipe it off, and keep going. Because the life of following you is right where we need to be. And we thank you for giving us a road to walk, and we thank you for leading us. We thank you for giving us an opportunity of new life. I pray we live in it and walk in it to the full abundance of what you have. We thank you for it, for your glory. In Jesus' name, everybody says. Amen, amen. amen. All right. We'll see you Sunday morning. Be blessed as you go tonight, and uh, have a very, very wonderful day.